Hey guys, this is Joe. It's a fine line between standing behind a principle and hiding behind one. You can tolerate a low compromise if you're actually managing to get something accomplished. What's up, everybody? It's Eric. All you need is love. John Lennon, smart man, shot in the back, very sad. July 2nd, they arrive. July 3rd, they attack. July 4th is... Independence Day. Coming this summer. You're listening to Where the Late Fee, the podcast where two former video rental clerks watch movies that they may have recommended at one time to see if they still think the film would be worth keeping an extra day or two to watch again, even if it meant paying a late fee. How you doing, Joe? Not bad, Eric. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Anything new with you? No, we, we just, for we, we were actually weren't sure if this was going to work tonight. We just got through a pretty wild thunderstorm here. Lightning pretty close. I, the lights did flicker. So I was like, okay, here we go. I was getting ready for a disappointing uh, yeah. recording lights, attempt. Lights flickered for us once. So knock on wood, hopefully that was, that was it. As for what I'm watching lately... Not a whole lot, actually. I've been I've been doing a little gaming. I've trying to catch up with gaming. So I've been there's this game called It Takes Two. I may have mentioned it in the past. Um, Sounds kind of familiar. So you might have. Yeah, it was a while ago, but I finally got around the beating it with my brother. It's a really cool story about um, this this married couple who has a kid. Um, they're going to or they're about to get a divorce. So the kid kind of wishes you know they wouldn't, and they get turned into these dolls. And you're going through all these different levels um, with it's only co-ops. You have to have someone else to play with. So someone's the wife, someone's the husband, and the entire game is working together. So by the end of it, you know, you you hope that they've bonded enough to not get divorced, basically. Like they want, yeah. you know, but it's a really cool game. And like the is it a computer game? Is it for a system or PS4? You can play it if you want. Yeah, you can play it. I only play MLB, the yeah. show, and you're NHL. Yeah, piece, <laughs> piece of work, man. It's a great game. So if anyone listening likes games and wants a good co-op experience, it takes two is super fun, and there is so much variety. It's, you 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 go from playing a sports genre to playing an RPG genre to playing a you know uh, top-down genre. So it's it's super cool. So Eric, if That's you awesome. want to play, like I said, I'll uh, I can invite you. We can play online. For free, you don't have to, <laughs> have to, have to. Yeah, I'll think about that. I'm busy for the next five years, but other than, yeah, I wish I could. What, what See, you, have you been watching anything? Or... Yeah, yeah. We uh, so Bree and I spent at least one full day, but kind of half of another day in. Uh, I'm about to show where I'm from right now. We spent the the weekend in Gloucester, and uh, I, I started making all these perfect storm jokes about. And like doing a horrible Boston accent, and Brie had never seen the film, so I was like, "Oh, we have to watch this movie." And I told her, "I was like, my memory of the movie was that it was like I remember liking watching it, but I was very aware that there was some super cheesy scenes and some bad dialogue. Uh, definitely a future episode. I, I will definitely be picking it sometime in the future. But and it is after rewatching it for the first time and probably." I don't know, 15 years or so. Yeah. It's an it's an interesting one. And 
if we ever do an episode on the worst Boston accents in film, Diane Lane in The Perfect Storm and then Tim Robbins in Mystic River. Those are like, that'd probably be my top two or the top two that come to mind but i don't remember either one of them so that'd be a that'd be a treat i do remember bits and pieces of a, a perfect storm though like you it's been a long time since i've seen it but i do remember bits and pieces of it so i i the reason i remember seeing the film so much is when i was going into high school in like eighth grade and uh i think freshman year remember i i'm sure i don't know if kids still have this but remember summer reading list where like oh all i do had, pizza right, hut so. you get the pizza <laughs> when you got like the pizza pizza if you like did a summer reading thing was this well there was that but then there was also like this is what schools did so they basically they tried to make sure you were doing something over the summer so you were responsible to like right when you came back to school you had to be ready sometimes teachers didn't really do much with it but you had to be ready to like hand in a book report on something you read over the summer. And I always picked Perfect Storm because I did read the book, but I read the book once and saw I saw the movie. The movie. <laughs> but if you read the book, the book's totally different from the movie. The book like kind of touches on the story of the Andrea Gale and the crew and the Andrea Gale. But it's also like a pretty dry book on like the history of fishing in the Northeast and like storms and meteorology and stuff. So I knew enough where I could like, I could th say that and teachers were probably like oh I thought the kid just saw the movie but apparently he really did read the book but so that's why I remember it was a big movie for me to get through the first couple of years of high school at least but um and then I also watched I mentioned this last week on the podcast that I was thinking about getting into it but uh that show Warrior on HBO Max finished the first season <clears throat> 10 episodes finished the first season really really like it it's different and I'm normally not into like martial arts movies or shows or whatever, but a lot of the stuff that it covers regarding like racial stuff and politics, it's like, if unfortunately in some ways it feels like it could be filmed today. I, it's totally not Breeze um, type of show at all. So I didn't even try to have her watch it, but uh, I had her watch. If anyone's, if you're thinking about watching it, and you're on the fence watch the first five minutes it's the opening scene of the first episode and if you get some if that first five minutes makes you happy then watch the show it's it's good but uh it is, it is more, a little I was, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt <clears throat> no no go ahead no. I was gonna ask, is it more character driven or more like uh like tournament like martial arts focus like is it like more no. like characters like character stories versus the action? No, no, yeah, it's a, it's character driven. It's okay. So without then this isn't spoiling anything. This guy comes to America from China, and he's you know he's a badass, and he kind of uses that to get involved in the underworld of San Francisco in the 1890s. But it's with um, he has a he's doing it for a reason. So you have to, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would definitely recommend if if you, if people are thinking about it. Well, like I said, watch the first episode. The fight scenes are obviously crazy, but the the plot's pretty good. It, it's it's interesting. So I'm 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 definitely gonna finish it at least the second season. So awesome. and then lastly, last night Bree and I watched the first episode of um This Is Pop on Netflix. Have you heard about that? Mm -mm. So I've only watched one episode, but it's basically like they tackle different um like things that changed in in popular music like the one the first episode is on it starts it's about boys to men and their history but then it kind of covers how 
the music industry took what they built and handed it to boy bands. So boys to men's kind of like, yeah, you know, we were good and we were, you know, we were on top of the world. And then you had like insane and Backstreet Boys and 98 Degrees, and they were just more, like, more polished and and more palatable for, you know, a lot of Americans. A lot, obviously, white Americans is a huge part of it. And so it's cool. And then like I, I haven't watched the other episodes, but they have an episode on country music and how it turned pop and all these other just different. It's interesting. I, like I said, I only watched one episode so far, but I really like it. Loved it. So is it uh, <laughs> is it going to be like a one and done type deal or is it are they going to continue with you think? I think it's a 10 part uh, like docuseries or whatever. I don't, I don't think it'll go. Yeah. And I don't think it'll go past that. But um, yeah, no, it's good. It, and, and I think. I'll probably end up watching some episodes and then skipping over a few. Right. Ones that interest you music wise. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So you guys heard the trailer. You heard our quotes. Um, Before we get into what we're going to be watching, the beer that I'm drinking is called very, very far from off color brewing. And once I post a picture of the can, it'll kind of make more sense, but it's a Belgian beer, super refreshing. And I, it's good because I got into a streak of doing like triple or double IPAs on the podcast every week. And so this will be good for me to be like, to be not worry about like drinking it too fast and feeling too good. So, but definitely recommend picking it up. It's super refreshing, especially on days like this when it's 800 degrees out. But like I said, you heard the quotes, you heard the trailer. We're going to be covering, uh, talking about independence today. I, and I don't remember if I said this when I, when I introed it, but last week, but I had another movie picked out, but then I had to change it because we, I saw this on HBO, HBO max and, Realize the 25th anniversary is coming up on my birthday, July 3rd. Um, also, the day after my birthday, obviously Independence Day. So it just seemed fitting. So, um, Jill, what is your memory of Independence Day? It's funny because I have no idea the first time I watched this movie. It's just pretty much what I think about it now. And that's watching this movie every year on 4th of July, whether it's on AMC or some channel, because they always play it. Um, and it's, it's, it's fun because you... It's, it's a super long film but it's still kind of like a stretch at this point to tune on tv at least one time to watch before the 4th of july along with jaws which we did in the past yes. those are two like 4th of july staples in my opinion i think yeah I, th- I think jaws is definitely the number one 4th of july staple but i agree with you yeah that this is a good a good runner-up um yeah so th- like i said this movie came out on my birthday but i i don't think i saw this in theaters i mean it was my 11th birthday so I may have, but I don't remember seeing in theaters. But like I've said on other podcasts, I was obsessed with Fresh Prince. I was obsessed with Will Smith. And I remember loving this movie from the first time I saw it. And it was also, for me, the first like summer action blockbuster that I remember where like everyone I knew saw it and was talking about it. And yeah, um, yeah that was the first time that I really kind of got what that was because, I mean, you know, like, you can hear a kid today could hear like, Oh, independence day was a summer blockbuster and you get it. You understand what they're saying, but until you live it, yeah, it's, it's different. And, and nowadays it doesn't really seem like it happens as much because it's just that the, the industry's changed so much with yeah. theaters and trailers. And yeah, only a few movies still have that event feeling like Christopher Nolan film does um, James Bond films do typically, but not many films feel like events anymore. Like this independence day was an event film for sure. Right, right. So, yeah, no, so definitely huge part of my childhood for sure. Do you have any stats as far as how it did financially? 
it did pretty well. It did pretty well. Spoiler alert. (laughs) So Independence Day came out on July 3rd, 1996, um, with a budget of 75 million, making 817.4 million in the box office. It was written by Dean uh, Dean Devlin and Roland Emmerich, and it was also directed by Roland Emmerich, who has been involved with numerous other destruction films, such as The Day of the Tomorrow, 2012, the 1998 Godzilla film, White House is Down, which is actually, they're pretty fun films. Um, And most recently, Midway, amongst so many others. Um, And while it was a huge hit when it first came out, we only continue to see it become, like we just mentioned, this 4th of July staple when it airs every year on typically, usually AMC, but it's one of those films that has just been carried over to other generations too, which is super cool. Yeah, yeah. And and just to follow up on some of the financial stuff before we get into the critic, critic stuff and how it's remembered uh, from fans, it was the highest grossing movie of 1996. It became the second highest grossing film of all time worldwide at the time, second only to Jurassic Park. How are you doing, Jeff Goldblum? It broke the record uh, for fastest to $100 million in seven days and fastest to $200 million in 20 days, both previously held by Jurassic Park from 1993, again, both starring Jeff Goldblum. So um, how it's remembered and how it's, uh, how critics thought of it. So it's a 7.10 or seven out of 10 on IMDb, a 67% on Rotten Tomatoes. It got 2.5 stars from Ebert. And I have this quote from his, uh, his review. He says, still Independence Day is in the tradition of silly summer fun. And on that level, I kind of liked it as indeed, I kind of like any movie with the courage to use the line. It's the end of the world as we know it. So, and I think that's a, that's a fair review. Yeah, it is what it is. So some other things that were going on in the world that you said, uh, July of 96, first of all, an awkward boy from Massachusetts turned 11 and probably received like a Ray Bork or a Movon something for his birthday parked vhs tape yeah yeah <laughs> nomar wasn't out yet he wasn't in the big jet i think he came out later that, that that fall but so it wasn't a nomar thing but anyways in film pretty good month kingpin came out on the fourth also cards in a fire phenomenon which i think we talked about didn't we talk about how like your mom loves that movie yes and I, yeah, yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah exactly yep uh uh a time to kill train spotting and this last one hurts a little bit kazam uh, alumni of the pod so oh kazam yeah yes yes we'll get pretty soon we'll be uh, reviewing that again for the third time no, for another anniversary no, episode no, <laughs> no never again um outside of the film or outside of the film world this one hurts a little bit but the winnipeg jets moved to arizona so obviously they've gotten their team back because arizona moved up to i mean uh atlanta moved up to winnipeg but at the time that was a that one hurt a little bit um hotmail the email service server service started spice girls released wannabe in the uk their their smash hit senate approved a minimum wage increase to four dollars and 25 cents kirby puckett retired due to losing vision in one eye very sad uh and then michael jordan re-signed with the bulls and then wayne gretzky signed a two-year deal with the rangers so two of the greatest of all greatest athletes of all time of any sport resigned so that's pretty cool yeah um do you have a back of the dvd or back of the vhs summary i do uh in the epic adventure film independence day strange phenomena surface around the globe the skies ignite terror races through the world's major cities as the extraordinary events unfold it becomes increasingly clear that a force of incredible magnitude has arrived its mission total annihilation 
over the 4th of July weekend. The lads hope to stop the destruction is an unlikely group of people united by fate and unimaginable circumstances. So just from what you, I, I don't have a note about this later. So I wanted to point it out based on what you just said. One of my favorite things about this one is the, the international uh, like shots where it's like, yeah. they're not just attacking DC. They're attacking New the York, entire world. Right. DC, right. The typical. Right. It's also my favorite part of, or not my favorite part, but one of the things I really like about Armageddon, similar movie where they show like that the rest of the world is so excited too. So anyway, you kind of covered uh, Roland Emmerich a little bit uh, when we were introducing the film, but um, this is just according to Wikipedia. So if I'm wrong, don't send me angry messages. The 15th highest grossing director of all time. I mean, yeah. Like look at his filmography. It's insane. Yeah, Universal makes, Soldier. Yeah. Stargate, Godzilla, The Patriot, Day After Tomorrow, 10,000 BC, 2012, White House Down, which I totally agree with you. That's a, it's an entertaining movie. Yeah. So, so yeah, pretty good. Um, Will Smith, this is right towards the beginning of his transition into dominating the big screen. So he had six degrees of separation in 93, Bad Boys in 95, this in 96, Men in Black in 97. And from that point, it's like, now we're off. So Enemy of the State in 98, Wild Wild West in 99, we all make mistakes, Will. Legend of Bagger Vance uh, in 2000. And then later on, you know him for you know him for Ali, Men in Black, Bad Boys, and the sequels, uh, I, Robot, a million, a million movies. He's, he's, he's a superstar. So, but this is, I think this, uh, Bad Boys, this, and Men in Black, it was like, people were like, oh, this kid's legit. Like, you know what I mean? This isn't a one or two film thing. So, Jeff Goldblum, you know him from playing a very similar role in Jurassic Park and starring, also starred in Invasion of the Body Snatchers, The Big Chill, uh, Into the Night, The Fly, Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai, uh, Banzai uh, Deep Cover, and a lot more. One of my favorite parts of the film, especially him and his father. Um, Bill Pullman, the president. What an example of a solid Hollywood career without ever really being a list like everyone knows who he is you see him and you're like you're like oh that's a guy from space balls that's a guy from independence day whatever but also in news uh newsies league of their own sleepless in seattle malice wyatt Earp, while you were sleeping casper another one that we did lake placid accidental tourist uh lost highway so quite the career and still and still working so and i stopped right there for the for people that i'm gonna go through their whole filmography but some other cast members worth mentioning, just kind of a 90s who's who. So Academy Award nominee, Mary McDonald, she was nominated for Dance with Wolves. I had I had to Google that. I was looking at her. I was like, what else is this lady from? And it was the one that I was thinking of was Dance with Wolves. But she was also in Battlestar Galactica uh, and, and more. So she played the first lady. Judd Hirsch, who, like I said, him and Goldblum's relationship was maybe my favorite part. He played Goldblum's father and maybe the MVP of the film for me. Um, and probably the most New York City guy ever, like in history. Uh, you may know him from Taxi or Beautiful Mind. Uh, also, Robert Loja. If you if you if you saw the face, you know him, and, and you, if you you may know him just from hearing that horrible impression. Um, quite a, if there was a seventies, eighties, nineties movie, early two thousands, he was in it. I think he's passed. He recently passed, I think. But I think so. Yeah. So. 
Uh, also, Randy Quaid, Vivica A. Fox, Harry Connick Jr. for uh, a brief time. Just just a lot of people. There's not a lot of people in this that you're like, oh, like that. That's no one. You you know, kind of everyone. You you have some memory of him being someone and and something else. And and uh, Ross Bagley, who played uh, uh, Vivica A. Fox's son, who also was cousin Nikki in Fresh Prince. And he was, I was just talking last week about the, the Fresh Prince reunion. He was in the Friends reunion. I mean, the Fresh Prince reunion. So I was like, what are the odds that I'm seeing this kid oh, twice cool. back to back? Yeah. Yeah. So did you have anything down for a uh, random facts? The more you know. I have a couple, I have a few things. Um, so my first random fact is, according to producer, co-writer Dean Devlin, the U.S. military had agreed to support the film by allowing the crew to film at military bases consulting the actors who have military roles, etc. However, after learning of the Area 51 references in the script, they withdrew their support. <laughs> Way to make it obvious, guys. No. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this one happens at around the two-hour and ten-minute mark. Jeff Goldblum uses one of his lines from Jurassic Park in this film, uh, which is, must go faster, must go faster, and is delivered with the same intensity. So there's your reference to his, the two highest person films. <laughs> yep. If it isn't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If that line worked the first time, might as well do it again. And it had been, it had been what three, three years. years. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then my last one I have written down here is uh, this holds a record for most miniature model work to appear in one film. Model shop supervisor Michael Joyce estimated that more miniatures were used for this film than in any other two films combined. Due to the advances in digital technology since this film was released. Most experts believe this record may stand forever. That's 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 impressive. Yeah, I, I saw something about the uh, the White House explosion talking about that, so that that makes sense. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen the movie. So, um, I have a few. Dean Devlin and Emmerich uh, penned the script in four weeks. It was sent out on a Thursday, and they started fielding offers the next day. By Monday, they were in pre-production. So, it's like Hollywood recognizes a. Uh, you know, the, the blueprint for a summer blockbuster when they see it. Um, President Whitmore was originally intended to be like a Richard Nixon-like character. And the, the person that they were aiming for are a couple people, but one of them was Kevin Spacey, Dean Devlin's friend from high school. An executive at Fox refused to cast Spacey, insisting that he didn't have the potential to be a big star, which is crazy <clears throat> because, I mean, obviously Kevin Spacey's taken a turn for the worse recently in the past I don't know, five years or whatever it is. But if you think of him shortly after this, Kevin Spacey was an, is an unbelievable actor and he had quite the career going until, you know, the world found out that he wasn't the best guy. But um, Matthew uh, Broderick was offered the role of David Levinson, which can you imagine that? I can't see that at all. No, nah, I can't either. No, horrible. So, um, but he, and so he turned it down because he had scheduling conflicts, but that's why Emmerich, gave him or cast him in Godzilla like five years or two years later. So uh, Jada Pinkett Smith turned down the role of Jasmine because of scheduling conflicts with the Nutty Professor, which is weird because she would later marry Will Smith. Here's another one. So Will Smith in the, in the film played Stephen Hiller. Will Smith, think of how of Will Smith and how old he is. And then this person, Eddie Murphy was the first choice for Stephen Hiller. That's that, that to me. That's just two different generations. Yeah, because Will Smith, like, I love the <laughs> idea of like the hot shot, almost like a Top Gun. That's like the hot shot new pilot. He's you know, right, 
it's a totally different movie if it's Eddie Murphy because it's just way more of a of a comedy. And I, I love Eddie Murphy, but some other people that were considered for it: uh, Tom Cruise, Keanu Reeves, Johnny Depp, John Claude Van Damme, and William Baldwin. John Claude Van Damme, bring back the Universal be. Soldier connection. There we go. Didn't we? Didn't back. we just talk about him for Street? Uh, oh no, I talked about my friend Scotty over the weekend for Street Fighter. So. Um, <laughs> Uh, the scene where Will Smith drags the alien across the desert uh, was filmed on the salt flats near Great Salt Lake in Utah. And Will Smith says with that line where he says, what the hell is that smell? Uh, and that was not scripted. Great Salt Lake is home to tiny crustaceans called brine shrimp. And when they die, the bodies sink to the bottom of the lake, which isn't very deep. And they decompose. And once the wind goes the right way, it smells and, and whatever. So nobody told Will Smith, apparently. So when he said, what the hell is that smell? That was that was a real that line is still is like one of the ones that makes you laugh every time you watch. Oh, it's this movie. perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then this this one I thought was pretty cool. And it, it goes into uh, why I love the relationship that I already mentioned and why I really liked another one. So Dean Devlin said that most of the dialogue in the scenes with Jeff Goldblum and Judd Hirsch playing his father and the lines between Goldblum and Will Smith were that was all or a lot of it was improvised. So I thought that was pretty. Those cool. And those are the two best parts of the movie between Goldblum, 100%. Will Smith, and Goldblum his father. One hundred percent. That's what this movie is. It's Goldblum, Will Smith, and uh, Judd Hirsch in there, and then a couple cool scenes with Pullman. Yeah, but it's really definitely. it's really them. They're carrying the the mo- most of the weight here. So yeah. what did you have down for your favorite scene? Speaking of speaking of the devil. So just what we just pretty much talked about i always i love the will smith soul flying sequence when he's going between like the mountains that's uh narrow crevices with um it's him versus the alien and then like you mentioned they both crash and he walks up to the alien and punches him in the face which always just gets just really gets me it's like it's this fucking alien well, especially where smith do? yeah just <laughs> especially where he just figured out that these things are pretty much the most badass like you know nothing he's ever seen before and he's like i'm gonna go punch it in the face and hopefully <laughs> right. hopefully that works thankfully for him it does but yeah and him dragging across the, the desert just i love that scene yep um but the big ones are like we just discussed the scenes between goldblum and hirsch were amazing and it felt like a real relationship and knowing now <laughs> that the scenes were improvised mostly it, that all makes sense why it felt so natural and why that dialogue just feels so genuine between the two of them yes so i this is gonna go. This this also ties into my thing. Like, I wish I could change, which you kind of get where I'm, I think where I'm going with this. But, um, and I also really liked, um, the scenes with again Goldblum and Smith, and especially the final scene when they're together in the ship. I loved it's they're in one small um area the entire time, but the the dialogue still makes you laugh and still just keeps these scenes going without anything happening around them, and that really takes a lot because, the fact that this was also apparently unscripted just makes it even more impressive yeah that that right there is what i have that you know i liked a lot of the scenes between the two of them but specifically the towards the end of the film starting from when they first get in the in the ship together or what the craft spacecraft whatever you want to call it that's my favorite part and it's kind of the the chemistry is good and then like comparing like the juxtaposition of will smith as like the macho military guy and goldblum is like the the brain you know uh, i i really like that and i think makes it look even better because it's compared they're going from that which is i think the film the best part of the film to the aerial fights with like the crop duster and the president and whatever which isn't my favorite part of the film and then it it 
it, it, like if the whole, if if they didn't have this, the end of the movie would drive me crazy. If it was just yeah. like five minutes of them Randy flying Quaid. around, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But then it's like it gets you gets you like worked worked up, and then it's like settle down. It's a you know, so yeah. it's it's good. So what did you have down for the soundtrack? Any notes on the soundtrack? I have I have, so I have a little thing written down here. Uh, for a movie like this with lots of destruction, chaos, and action, you need to have a good soundtrack. And David Arnold brought that. It captures the scenes really well, especially the entire last bell and definitely highlights the action a little bit better. Um, David Arnold has worked with Roland Emmerich a couple of times um, after this and uh, was involved with some very popular films, including the James Bond film franchise, Hot Fuzz, and others. He's most recently been attached to TV more than anything else, but the fact that he was involved with a lot of the James Bond films between the um, Pierce Brosnan and the Danielle Craig ones is pretty pretty big pretty accomplishment good. yeah good franchise to get involved with yeah i just realized i skipped over did you have anything down for us stuff that wouldn't fly in today's environment not this millennium stuff no this movie's pretty tame I, I i wrote down the joke that making america as the good guys as like the real heroes was kind of laughable because yes. where we are now is not yeah. is, is we not, are a lot more liked right. when bill bill pullman and yeah right. yeah and will smith were running the running the country <laughs> Yeah, but no, it's, 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 it's still holds up as the, as the PG 13 rating today. So, yeah, I didn't have anything down. The one thing that I made a note of, and this is we've talked about this with other like huge action movies pre uh, pre 2001, is the scenes where the attack on the White House, the attack on New York City, and, and all that stuff that just it's 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 just it, you can't it's different, you know what I mean? It's different now after 9 11. Than, than it would have been before. But that's not anything they did wrong. It's just uh, it's part of history. You well, know? Don't so. worry, because Roland Emmerich is still blowing up the White House with his film. So he's still enjoying. <laughs> yes. He's still enjoying. That's true. <laughs> that's true. I watched a movie on Netflix like probably like eight months ago or so. I just I basically went on Netflix and I was like, I want to not think and I just want to watch like, you know, attacks and machine guns and whatever. And I And so I watched that thinking it was going to be like total trash and i was okay with it and it, it is it is it's i'm not saying it's an award winner but that's that's a that's a decent movie and it's better than there were some other movies that i watched during that stretch that i won't bring up but that were supposed to be that people told me were like good movies with great action and i was like that that movie wasn't that good at all and white house down was why yeah what house down is what i wish die hard five <laughs> was like it's it's like it's almost like taking over since die has kind of got off the road a little bit what yeah. house down is kind of feeling in that boy i feel like where it's just yeah over the top action in one location yeah and it also had like a little bit of a like a like a jack ryan feel but yes. like with more with way more action and it was set in like there was less thinking but it yeah it was cool um if you could change one thing about independence day what would you change so this is tying into my favorite scenes now because they were so good. And this there's not enough scenes with Smith and Goldblum. Um, the ending sequence where we see Smith getting married and Goldblum and his wife are, I, I think, I can't remember if they're married or if they're split up now or kind of like separated. But they're together as witnesses watching Will Smith propose and get married and so forth. I loved all that. I love them together. And then again, just kind of teases you like what could have been if they had a little more screen time or a little yeah. earlier on and not just yep. wait until the very end of the film to get them all together. Um, same thing with Goldblum and his father. I wish we had more scenes focused on them instead of the other side characters because Goldblum and um, Hirsch, they had real chemistry, real on-screen chemistry together. So it's 
assuming we can get more more of them. Um, and then, of course, as we probably will agree on, this movie is just way too long. <laughs> it's a very long film. 100%. And while I do like how the characters eventually all become connected at, at some point, it takes way too long to get there, and they could easily trim down a lot of this to get to that point. Yeah, no, I, I pretty much have exactly what you said. So we've said this about other movies, but too, like you said, too long and way too many stories going on and it gets spread too thin. Like the whole thing about the tension between Goldblum and the, and the president, they touched on it, but they never really got into it enough to care about it. Right. Randy Quaid and his family, kind of there for comic relief, I guess, but they touch on it, but with no real detail. And then he ends up being an important part at the end of the movie. So you're like, you know, whatever. So like, exactly like you said, give me more of Will Smith. Give me more of, of Captain Hiller and, and Jasmine or more of the president and the first lady or more. This would probably be my first choice. More of the Levinson father-son combo for, for comic relief. I, I didn't get, I kind of thought the Randy Quaid thing his role in the movie was comic relief, I guess. That's what they were going for. But he didn't make me laugh too much. And uh, Hirsch and Goldblum made me laugh. Yeah. Hirsch, Hirsch made me laugh pretty much every time he was on the screen. So, and they make you um, think he's going to be a huge character. Like they start the film pretty much around him. Like he's yeah. one of the first, I, I can't remember if he's the first thing, first person you've seen the film, or he's one of the first people you've seen the film, flying a little red plane. But like he's very early right. on. So it makes you think that he is going to be a huge character. Like you said, they just have so many different things happening all throughout. They too can't much. build up just too much. It can't build up stories for characters. Like you said, we Goldblum and the president had this tension that he punched from the past for his president, but they never really felt like they were up each other's throats, really. Like it's, right. they felt very tame for this conflict. Yep. Just when you started, pick any one of those plot lines, like just when you started getting like caring about one of them and getting mad at someone or starting to like someone they switched it and then now you're talking about a completely different character completely and you're like and you forget about it because then they don't talk about it again for like a half hour <laughs> it, you know but and then a side note and before i say this i have to say that i usually hate when people get too into the details with movies and say things like you know i was in the military and the bullets that they used aren't actually this or my brother's a cop and the badge isn't worn on that it's worn on the other pocket blah 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 like I'm, I'm the, I'm the number one person to be like, it's a movie buddy, like relax. But with all that said, there were a few moments in this one where I was like, wait, what? Like, so the pilot Will Smith gets access into area 51 and he's walking around with the president. Like it's nothing during a time of worldwide, like a worldwide crisis. Then another officer's shooting his pistol off twice because of a theory that the basically a cable technician has about disarming the yes. the force field like he just like whips <laughs> out a pistol and, and shoots it twice with the president of the room and they even go through the the, the the time and effort they put in the time and effort to to make the ricochet sound to show you like oh yes with the president and a bunch of high-ranking military officials that bullet that just hit that can or hit the force field bounced off like nine walls and could have hit anything um and it's just the the last thing that drove me crazy was at the end of the film they need to call on crop dusters and the president of the united states to fly the jets like do we have an air force i know it's a movie <laughs> and i i normally have a lot of like 
patience and flexibility with stuff like this. But this one, I was like, there was a few moments where I was like, eh, I don't know, guys. But yeah, that was it. My, but the real one that bothered me was exactly what you said. I totally agree that they just had too many things going and not enough investment in, in any of them to make me care about. I cared about uh, Goldblum and Hirsch and Will Smith and his wife. Uh, or, or Will Smith and his, yeah, well, at the end of the movie, his wife. And, right. uh, and then the president a little bit. Um, so with all that said, uh, if you've listened to the podcast before, you know, we rate movies on a scale of one to five, would you mind paying a late fee to keep this movie? So a score of one is you get like 10 minutes in the movie. And then on that scene where Will Smith goes out to get the paper, which is kind of a dated thing. Now I know people, some people still get the paper, but, um, and he sees the shadow. You're like, this is stupid. And you, you turn it off all the way up to score of five, which is you watch the two and a half hour movie once, twice, three times, keep it a few extra days. Uh, so you can show your friends, which is what most people probably did when this came yeah. out. This is, this is a super, super uh, movie, but for that sort of thing, but uh, that would be a five is a high score. So it was my pick this week. So Joe, what are you giving independence day? So before I get into my review, we didn't talk about, I just admit, throw this out there at once. So this is one of my Chuck rewatch young Adam Baldwin. Um, it's, it was really cool seeing him. I feel like he was in this movie entirely because I'm rewatching Chuck he's, now. Because so. he's the major guy, right? Yeah. yeah so yeah, it's like, yeah. it was yep. funny seeing him, like how different he looks compared to like, you know, we know he's in Firefly later on and Chuck and all these other little niche cult shows. So it was really, I forgot he was in this movie until I watched it again today. See, I, when I was looking at him, I, I also recognize him, but I didn't watch, I didn't see, um, I didn't watch the same thing you did. So I was like, I had to Google it. And I was like, oh, it's a guy from the Patriot. I oh, recognize yes. him from the Patriot. Another yeah, Roland Emmerich film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Yep. So, no, yeah. Good point. Awesome. Um, so I guess movie A, I, I was I was torn between a couple of different scores and I ended up just giving it a three. Um, Independence Day is turning into a 4th of July staple along with Jaws that are pretty much must watch movies for fans of films during this time frame. It's incredibly long too long in fact and really drags throughout especially the whole i would say first half of it when they're trying to get the whole movie rolling up to like the, the climax but it's from the it's a fun film to watch with some likable characters in it and i can't see myself not continuing the silly tradition of watching this movie or year anytime soon so that has to going for itself but i do wish you see the potential of having certain characters work with others throughout the film and you really could have seen you really see the possibility of a great great film underneath a mediocre film um but i do enjoy independence day I, like i said I'll, I'll continue watching it each year yeah that's fair so this is like why i love doing this podcast so i i probably watch like i'll catch a, a five or ten minute stretch of this fairly frequently maybe every year but i haven't watched this movie start to finish in a long time and this was my pick and my memory of the film was a little bit off. I still enjoyed it. Just like you said, don't get me wrong, but I remembered this as like a very, very good movie that I would, I thought I was going to love it. Like a legitimate quality. This is, this is a quality action movie, but the plot is a little weak. So, and the thing I was thinking watching this is this movie isn't really any different as far as like cheese factor and some of the lines and some of the action movies as things like Con Air, The Rock, like movies that people kind of remember as like entertainingly, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as entertainingly bad movies. This wasn't that different than that. I think 
Will Smith and Goldblum pulled it a little bit above those, but um, so I gave it a 3.25 out of five. I enjoyed it. President of the Will Smith fan club, love Jeff Goldblum, but if, like you said, it's a little bit long and if I'm being honest, it gets kind of ridiculous at some points. And I thought I would score this like going into this before I rewatched it, I would have been like, Oh, I'm going to give it a four or something like that because based on my memory of the film, but after rewatching it, I needed all the nostalgia to bring it up to a 3.25 out of, out of five. Um, I don't remember. I didn't look either what I gave it, but similar flaws in the length of film and everything like that. But what are your views after rewatching this, what do you think about this versus Armageddon? It's good. <clears throat> I can't remember what I gave Armageddon in the end. Same. Me either. But I can't remember. I, Armageddon is another one of those that has too much happening. I remember there's a lot of characters, a lot of different entwined stories. And it's just, you really, sh- they really should focus on three of those characters as well versus the whole group of them. <clears throat> there were some characters who didn't really, didn't make a difference in the film. I remember like Steve Buscemi's character, I remember mentioning, didn't really make a difference in it. Yep. But between these two films, I feel like I might enjoy Armageddon a little bit more. Um, I think Independence yeah. Day is good, but, but I think Armageddon's, while long, like you said, and kind of overdrawn out, and I think I enjoy <laughs> that. I think I enjoy that a little bit more than this. I think this and Armageddon are kind of mirrors of mirror images of each other because I think this movie, if you asked, you know, 100 people on the street, I don't really think any people, any of them would say, that they remember this as a cheesy action movie. They would remember it as like a quality action movie, like a blockbuster, and no one would make jokes about it really. And Armageddon is like a guilty to say, especially as a guy, to say you like Armageddon. Some guys are embarrassed to say because everyone thinks of like the oh, animal Tyler. cracker scene with Liv Tyler. <laughs> exactly. With Ben Affleck and Liv Tyler. And it's kind of like a guilty pleasure movie. And I think quality wise, they're right around a tie, but it's just that everyone thinks of this as really good and they think of armageddon as kind of a joke and they're really they're pretty similar i think uh, especially after watching them both in a relatively short period of time so yeah i know um the beer was delicious um i'll put a picture up when we when we post on instagram but again it's very very far from off color brewing uh, it's like a belgian beer so um follow us on instagram worth the late fee feel free to send us a suggestion always welcome and again it's on instagram worth a late fee We'll be back next week, and uh, we've been going back and forth with picks. This is my pick, so it's Joe's turn. Joe, what are we watching next week? We're going to be doing the Zemeckis classic Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I don't know why I want to – I don't know what made me think about this film, but i just been wanting – I've been craving to rewatch it, so I'm like, this is the perfect time to kind of put them both to work, the podcast and my rewatch. I haven't watched – I haven't watched this movie in – I don't even remember the last time. And the cool thing about this one is I kind of forgot about it a little bit, but uh, I've been thinking about it because of a lot of the other movies we do either star someone that was in this or, or like they, they mentioned like, Oh, he turned it down to take um, like Christopher Lloyd was in this. And, you know, there, there's, a I, I'm kind of excited about this. I'm not sure what I'm going to think about it like a, a, what my final score will be, but I'm, I'm, I haven't watched it in a long time and I'm, uh, I, I think I'm, I'm excited. Awesome. I'm too. I'm too. Yeah. Should be good. So, all right, guys, thank you very much for listening again, worth a late fee on Instagram and we'll be back next week with who frame Roger Rabbit. Yes. Oh, and happy 4th of July, everyone. Enjoy yes, a safe sir. and happy 
holiday. I was going to say thank you as always, everyone, and happy 4th of July and happy birthday, Eric. Thank you. And don't set off fireworks because my dog hates fireworks and, and dogs everywhere hate fireworks. Yes. And it's not good for veterans either. So don't be that Go to a that public guy. place and watch them. Yes, exactly. Your city probably has one. Go watch it. Don't set them off in your backyard. And if you do <laughs> and you blow your finger off, I don't feel bad for you. All right, guys. See On you that next note, week. have a good yeah. <laughs> nice holiday weekend. <laughs>